Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Taylor Wilde. Welcome back to Wild On Season 3, the podcast where you get the insider's view of the weird, wonderful, wild world of wrestling. On Wednesdays. Today's guest is serving a full circle moment for the Wild On podcast. She was my very first guest, which aired on July 1st, 2020. That first episode received 930 downloads. I was shocked and so elated when I saw that number. I would have been thrilled to have gotten five downloads. Today's guest is one of my wrestling sisters, who I met in WWE Developmental Deep South Wrestling in 2006. She has 4.5 million followers on Instagram and is a 15-year veteran to WWE's SmackDown. She was gracious enough to be the final guest for Season 3 of Wild On, which has now had a total of almost 50,000 downloads. That's five zero and that my friends is thanks to all of you my listeners my wild ones thank you from the bottom of my heart for your love support and propping me up during some of the most challenging months of my life so let's talk women's wrestling with the canadian legend heart family royalty and queen Ladies and gentlemen, my girl, Natalia Nightheart. You look gorgeous. Thank you so much. I just finished a little workout. I'm just kind of getting through a little head cold. So I just did like a little active recovery at the gym. Oh, good. I just, I had a match on Friday with Zaya. Yeah. Long story short, it was a very, very stressful day. Okay. And then like Saturday, I got like kind of started feeling run down. And then today I was like, oh, I got a head cold. So just drinking lots of water, did a little stretching and just, you know, it'll be good. It'll be gone tomorrow. <laughs> good. Positive thinking. That's all you need to do. Yeah. That's, so, that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> so are you off the road? No, I'm on the road again on uh, Thursday. So okay. that, or is that March 6th? I, that, you that know, is March. I've lost all. That <laughs> might be March 6th. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm off the road until next week for a little bit next week. So, okay. and then uh, March, I'm just booked cra- like crazy. So, really? Yeah, it's like mania season. So, it's like we're back on the road doing live events and it's, it's, it's going to get a little wild. So, how are you going to keep yourself grounded? Like, what's, what's your game plan when you're home? I usually just try to like, I get in with my massage therapist. I work with a guy in um, Orlando that comes to my house. He's amazing. He's ART. Then I have an adrenal specialist that comes over oh. uh, and he works with me for about four hours a week. And then I um, do a lot of like, I, I train like four or five days a week at, at the gym. And then yeah. uh, we have a ring that we train in as well. I know. I see that all the time. That's so cool. Yeah. I just try to do stuff that I like and be around people that I like and just do things that make me feel good. So, and then be around, be around family. So it's, yeah. it's nice to be around people that are nice and positive and I have a very small circle. So it's, it's nice. Isn't it funny the older you get, the smaller your circle gets. <laughs> it's nice. I'm like, when I'm home, I'm like, I see my mom, my husband and my sister and that's it. And then like my little sister lives like in Orlando. So sometimes she comes over, but have a, have a pretty small circle. So 
So what do you do outside of that to keep you grounded? Like, have you inherited any like spiritual practices? Do you read? Do you paint? Do any, do you do anything outside of like the physical therapy part? I, I see a therapist as well. Beautiful. Uh, A a (laughs) mental health therapist. I think it's really important. And that's just a good point to bring up. I think it's really important. Like one thing that I want to do, especially with the platform that I have in WWE is I want to make sure that, that there is a focus on mental health. That's the same with the same kind of weight as the focus on physical health, because five, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, people didn't talk about mental health. And especially as athletes, there needs to be that discussion more because mental health, it can, if it can affect your performance just as much as an injury. Absolutely. And we saw, we saw that with uh, Simone Biles, you know, with the Olympics where she kind of came forward and she, you know, she was the best or is one of the best gymnasts in the entire world. One of the best gymnasts in the history of the world. And she, I thought that was really cool that as a woman, she said, Hey, like, and I don't know all the details of her situation, but in, in a nutshell, Hey, I'm not feeling right up here. So I think this is dangerous for me to perform because something doesn't feel right up here. And for somebody that dedicates their entire life to their practice, their performance, and takes years to get to the Olympics, for her to say, like, I need, there needs to be a discussion about mental health because I don't feel right. My, my head doesn't feel right. And the pandemic, it was so hard on everyone. Like, these world issues, they really weigh on people. You know, I mean, a pandemic that we've been in deep for almost two years, especially people that live in places like Canada. That, you know, my family that lives in Calgary, a lot of places are still shut down. Yeah. You know, I, I live in Florida where we were relatively open the entire time, but Canada, like it's a whole other ballgame. This yeah. Christmas, my uncle couldn't even have people over at his house. He's like, no, we weren't allowed anybody over for Christmas dinner. And I was like, that's crazy that you can't have family gatherings. They're so important for your mental health to regroup, Absolutely. to recharge, to refocus. Like, you know, family is so important. So for me, working in WWE, especially as I continue to work there, and this is going to be, I'm going to be going into my 15th year in April. Congratulations, Natty. I don't mean to cut you off, but honestly, your career has been an incredible journey to watch. It's been a, a long journey. <laughs> 15 years. It's been great. I'm, I'm like, I'm very grateful for my career, but I also feel the, the need, you know, like for me, a lot of people look at my career too. And it's like, they see, and it's, it's cause it's true. They see me as somebody that helps other people reach their dreams. That's why I kind of said on social media, I'm like the root of greatness because so many people that are great in the company they had their first match with me and they needed somebody to help them get through that fear of WWE. And it's very, it's a very intimidating company. Oh goodness. Yeah. The biggest, you know, biggest entertainment company in the world. So when you're Charlotte Flair and you're brand new and you're, your dad's Ric Flair and you're, you know, she went through a lot with her brother passing away and yeah. it was just a lot to handle. And I worked with her in 2014 and, you know, again, talking about mental mm-hmm. health, like I know the pressures of growing up with my dad being, a former WWE superstar, the things that he went through, the things that my uncles went through, the things that my grandfather went through and how cool and special they were to WWE. Mm-hmm. So for me as a female, I was like, I don't even know how the heck I'm going to even build these shoes. And then right. when I met Charlotte, she felt the same way. She was like, I feel so much pressure. I don't know what to do. And it took somebody to go, Hey, I'm going to hold you by the hand. We're going to have this badass match. I know you're amazing. I know you're athletic. Let me help you. And so that's kind of like one of the cool aspects of my job is that I can go down to the bottom of the mountain and grab girls and pull them up to the top of the mountain because what's the point of sitting at the top of the mountain all alone not doing anything yeah oh goodness yeah it's it's really important to like help bring people up so that i have competition 
so that people know how to like break into WWE because even at NXT, that's our developmental territory yep. and, and it's, a, it's, and it's its own brand, uh, no doubt, but there are so many women there that like they they're at NXT. It's a different animal than the main roster raw yeah. and SmackDown are totally different than NXT. They can NXT can prepare you for it, but nothing really can prepare you for the machine, you know, and everything changes every day. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the exciting and, and challenging part of WWE that can weigh on people's mental health is that as fun as it is, things change by the hour, things change by I the am. minute, you know, you'll, you get told during the day you're doing this and then it does change because of circumstances because somebody right. got hurt or somebody got COVID or somebody's got a family emergency or they, the storyline changed and you have to always be willing to roll with the punches. Not everybody is an expert at adapting. So for me, like that's been one of the great things I can take all the experience that I've had at WWE and be able to go, I've been through it. Yeah. I was freaking terrified as you, you know, you guys were with me when I was, yeah. And, um, Chrissy and Angel, you guys were with me when I first debuted and or at and or first got signed to yeah. developmental. And it was like I was terrified. I had wrestled for five years prior and I got to developmental and I was like, I don't <laughs> even know what a schoolboy. The pre- is. well, the pressure cooker that is like the developmental system. And I think you've raised a really interesting point that I think I overlooked as not someone who is a generational wrestler. I was speaking to Miranda Gordy, Ray Gordy's little sister the other day. Yes, I love her. She's so sweet. But I didn't, it never occurred to me that besides the fact that you were the first female wrestler of the Hart family, you had these huge shoes to fill, but you had so much pressure and you were this trailblazer for what was coming for all these other generational female wrestlers for the Charlotte Flairs. And I don't think I ever considered how much pressure was actually on you to fill those family rules and as an additional female. And you've not only trailblazed, but instead of like, you know, reaching the top of the mountain, which you've done again and again, but you've been helping others instead of using your power and just being like, nope, this is this is my circle. You are like, you are propelling women's wrestling to where it is right now. And I have to commend you. You've done an incredible job. Thank you. Thank you. It's not, it's not been easy because it was like, I had my own journey. I had a really hard time getting hired I won't get into all that, but it was just not easy. I was too much of a wrestler. I wasn't a model or an yep. actress or a dancer. I just, I love wrestling. And mm-hmm. um, then when you come from a family where your uncle is Bret Hart and you have, you know, Owen Hart, the British Bulldogs, your dad is a, you know, a Jim Neidhart. My grandfather, you know, was Sue Hart. And it's like, you have all these huge expectations and then you make it to WWE and everybody thinks that you have to be great. And I was just still kind of getting my feet you know, getting, getting my bearings, getting like learning who I was. And, um, I remember there were people that helped me kind of find my way, especially when I got to the main roster, but I always tried to pay that forward. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Chavo Guerrero was, was somebody that really helped me a lot when I first got, cause he was a generational kid and how he helped me was how Brett and Owen helped the rock. Uh When the rock first got to WWE, there was like people there that weren't really good to him. That weren't really nice to him because, you know, when you, when you're like coming in, you're getting a big push or they want yeah. it, the company wants to give you a push. You're going to have people that feel weird about it. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know like exactly who it was, but I just remember hearing the rock and in interview saying like, it was hard for him because he felt like he just felt like people were judging him. And then Brett and Owen took him in under their wings and he never forgot it. Right. It makes a huge difference. That's why for me, I'm like, I'm glad that I can do that. And especially because as I was saying earlier, going back to mental health, I 
just think that it's so important, especially as women, to be able to go, I know on TV I play the role of a bad guy. Yeah. But I I can see that, you know, Zaya is brand new and she's just learning the English language. She's trying her hardest. She's been training and she's been working hard for this chance to make her debut in WWE. And how can I help her showcase herself in the best possible way in two minutes on SmackDown? You know what I mean? And it's like, I know we don't have a lot of time, but two minutes is still two minutes. Let's make it amazing. Let's make sure that Zaya shines. Let's make sure she stands out. Not all, not everybody knows how to do that or wants to do that. Yeah. So for me, like, that's what I, I see, like to get to the top of the mountain for me, I'm, you know, in WWE, I've won championships. I've done great things. I've made history. I've been a part of almost everything that you could be a part of there. Yeah. Now it's cool to be able to go down, like I said, back down to the bottom of the mountain and bring <sighs> people up and go, this is what it feels like. Right. Or even when we have ladder matches, this is how you carry a ladder. This is how you put the ladder in the ring. This is how you can fall safely off the ladder because again, we gotta protect each other. If we if we're all hurt, we don't yep. have people to wrestle. Yep. And you not only are you helping women's wrestling push further and further year after year, you are actually changing the mindset because you know, back in our day when we were in developmental or even on the indies, there was very much a pay your dues and receipts and it wasn't like um, we weren't you weren't necessarily being held up by veterans. It was kind of yeah. like you were yeah. kept in your place and they weren't going to bring you up. So I hope all the women that you are giving the rub to that you are helping elevate their talent. I just hope that they continue to pass that torch because yeah. that is what's changing women's wrestling is yeah. the sisterhood. And that's what was missing before because we had wrestlers and models and we yeah. were, we, we weren't intentionally being catty. We were just, we were all like trying to compete for this spot and we didn't know where we fit in. So it, it didn't breed yeah. the sisterhood. It, it pinned us all against each other. 100%. And, and you have women from every walk of life. You have yeah. Ronda Rousey, who now she's, you know, she's taken a few years off. She's a mom. Yeah. But she's still finding her groove. It's not easy coming back after, like, giving birth and, you know, being away from everything for, for years. And, like, so she's trying to find her groove. And, yeah. you know, Char- Charlotte, you know, she's got lots of pressures just being kind of a generational kid. So yeah. she's always trying to, like, you know, make sure that people understand hey i'm not just getting all this because of my last name and sasha of course has transcended even beyond wwe having been a part of the mandalorian which is huge i mean yeah part of the star wars trilogy trilogy but sasha and bailey i witnessed firsthand those two women did so much to help bianca last year when bianca was on her rise um in wwe when bianca needed all the help she could get Sasha and Bailey, like they were two women that I was like so impressed by that they had the star power being the four horse women. Yeah. And they helped. They were like, listen, we're going to hold Bianca by the hand. We're going to make sure she shines. We're going to help her get to where she needs to go until Bianca could soar on her own. And then you see Bianca pay it forward. And it's cool watching Bianca pay it forward to live. Bianca pay it forward to do drop. You know, Bianca and Becky will have such incredible chemistry at WrestleMania. I think I'm ex- that's one of the matches I'm most excited about seeing. Yes. Um, and they have a re- they have a really cool story because Bianca and Becky, uh, they were the first women to win WrestleMania main events. Wow. So it's it's really yeah, it's really cool that they get it and then play it back from this summer at SummerSlam where yeah. you know Becky, the bad guy, bad girl, beat Bianca in like 26 seconds. Now it's mm-hmm. like Bianca needs to get redemption. Will Bianca get redemption? 
but it's all about paying it forward. And everybody's yeah. at different levels. Right. You know, everybody's at a different level. People are going through stuff at home. The pandemic has been very hard on everyone. Even just the stuff right now in the world with like, sometimes I feel guilty posting a nice selfie on Instagram because I'm like, I feel so bad about like all the sadness that's going on with Ukraine and Russia. It's just like, yeah. you know, I have, I have Russian friends and Ukrainian friends and they're, yeah. you know, both great people. And like my friend, Lana, CJ Perry, she's like, you know, she's of Russian descent. She's yeah. like heartbroken by all this. It's like so sad, yeah. you know? So it's just, it's there, there are heavy times in the world right now. So hopefully people can tune in to raw or SmackDown or NXT and they can get a little reprieve from all of the sadness and just take their minds off things a little bit. I agree. Entertainment has always been our escape. And I think as wrestlers, you know, there's so much risk when traveling during these crazy times that even if, you know, even though it's a little bit of a risk for wrestlers, it's still, you know, giving you that little bit of mental getawayness. It's even, yeah. you know, even though it's work, it's consistency. Yeah. It's not, I mean, I don't enjoy traveling to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Like I've realized, especially <laughs> with like the, the restrictions at the airport, like it's, it's hard traveling with the, with yeah. the masks and the restrictions and stuff, but we're making it work. You know, we're making it work. I'm, I'm actually getting ready to wrestle Sasha at Madison square garden next weekend. So I'm really excited about <gasps> That's that. That's huge. Uh, I know we've, we've been looking forward to working with each other for a while. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. She's somebody that like, whenever she comes to train with me, um, she's somebody that's so inspiring. I love, love, love training with her. She like always pushes you to want to be better. And she That's always great. wants to like come up with innovative ideas. And she's, she's truly a student of the game. And I, I think that's why she's so good at what she, what yeah. she does is because she's always trying to be better. She's trying to help the women that she's working with be better. And it's really cool to see like women that love this. Yes. I know that it's not your fault sometimes too. And you know, you know what this is like, cause we started around the same time in WWE that you'd see people get hired and they were just like a model or somebody that was an athlete. And you were like, oh my God, I can't believe they don't know who Bret Hart is, but that's their journey. Yeah. You can't blame them if they get hired and then they don't know of, you know, certain really important aspects of our business. But what's cool yeah. to see is when they get hired and they were maybe never fans and then they completely fall in love with this, like Bianca, you know, where she's like, wow, I love pro wrestling. I can't believe my, I, you know, I, I get to do this. And she's, she also has kind of become a student of the game in the sense that she wasn't from this, wasn't, I don't really think she was a fan of it growing up. Right. But then she ended up like now she's engulfed in it and she, she works really, really hard. She's on all right. the live events and all the pay-per-views and she's doing all the media. And it's like, it's cool to see her learning about it and, and being excited about it going, this is a really cool world. Yeah. So I, I like, I like those kind of positive success stories. Absolutely. Now you touched on Ronda Rousey and that reminded me of kind of similar to the world we first came into where we had the wrestlers and we had the models, but obviously Ronda Rousey is a huge name in her sport, huge respect, has done a lot for women's MMA. But when you first started working with her, what was it like in terms of her crossing over to learn how to be a professional wrestler? She, um, like three-ish three, three -ish years ago when I first w was training with her, I found her to be really motivated. Um, okay. She really she really wanted to learn everything she could about what we did in WWE. And, you know, right. it's she, she had done, you know, she had done judo and she had done MMA, obviously a pioneer in women's MMA and somebody that put, you know, women in MMA on the map, but, you know, she understood pretty fast that WWE and pro wrestling, it's a whole different animal. It's not just going there and it's, you know, you versus your opponent. It's like, Hey, you got to like, make sure that 
you have a good relationship with the girls that you're working because yeah. these people, it's a, it's like a dance, you know, yeah. it's, it's not dancing with the stars, but yeah. it's kind of like a, <laughs> and it's, it's a fight in the dance. It's, 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 you have to be able to gel and to trust the people that you're in there with, because you're giving them your body and they're giving you their body. Yeah. I feel like she picked up on it really fast because she had respect. She had, yeah. she was always super respectful to me. If, when we were putting matches together, like we had a match on Raw once for Christmas. It was like 2019 or 2018 mm -hmm. in December. We had our only singles match together. And long story short, she was really trusting of me. She she wasn't telling me, hey, I need to look strong or I can't do this or I don't think my character would do that. She was like, you take the reins. You tell me what to do. I trust you, daddy. And like she she really trusted me to to, to guide her. And Good. it made, it made me so happy because we had this phenomenal match. I loved our match together. And I, she trusted me in the sense that she knew that I wasn't going to like let her fall, but I was also going to shine, make sure that she shined and make sure that I shined so that we could have a good story. And one right. of the things I think she's so good at, I don't even know if she realizes how good at it she is. She's really good at selling. Ah. And I think in order for baby faces to be really good to get connected to the audience, they have to know how to sell. Agreed. And Rhonda, Rhonda, I think because she's been through so much in her life, like her childhood was very hard and, you know, losing her dad at a very young age, her mom raising her as a single mom. Mm -hmm. She had a speech impediment until she was like eight or nine. I think she's been through some really traumatic things in her life. So she understands how to dig deep and make people feel something. Right. And I think now, even as a mom, you're seeing a different layer of her. Like moms, as you know, because you're a mom, like you you have that, like, and I'm speaking from like reference from Beth, because she Beth yeah. is the mom of two. You have a more maternal kind of a softer side of you that you never really tapped into before. Oh yes. And and I think that Rhonda's kind of seeing that that there's like a little bit more like her focus is a little different now. She loves what she's doing in WWE, but she's like, I'm a mom. So like things are a little different. Same with yeah. Becky. You know, she doesn't have, Becky doesn't have that. Like neither Rhonda or Becky come off to me as being like ruthless killers. They come off to me as being a little bit more cerebral, strategic, right. just very cerebral about how they go into fights because moms just have a more sensitive side to them. They're more yep. maternal. They're more loving. But I liked what Rhonda's last post she posted about, get, she got attacked by Charlotte, uh, uh, Sonia. Yeah. She said like, I'm even on my worst day, I'm better than you all on your best days. So <laughs> right. something like that, like even on my worst days, I'm better than all of you because she knows what it's like to be at the bottom. Yeah. She knows what it's like to have six or seven knee surgeries. She knows what it's like to give birth. She knows what it's like to, you know, lose a fight. She knows what it's like to endure trauma. She's like, yeah. and I've endured all of that. And I can beat you with my hand tied behind my back. I can beat you with both my legs being screwed up because I've been, I've been through it all. Right. And so it's a good, it's a good message for people to see that, you know, you have to go through something hard. Things should yeah. be a struggle, Yeah. you know, and there should be learning curves and especially in WWE, people shouldn't just get this like that. There should be those learning curves that you understand and appreciate how special this is. So she's a good example of somebody that's endured something. And um, I like working with her. I, I really like working with her. She's been nothing but Cool. respectful to me um I think it's because she fears me <laughs> <laughs> yeah girl that no it's true that that's that's respect at its finest right <laughs> she should fear you <laughs> yeah she should <laughs> well you know I, I can't 
it's it's so incredible that you've been with WWE for 15 years now. Like that's a huge feat for a like a male wrestler. But as a woman, I really hope that you have time and you've spent the time to you know really take a step back, especially during the pandemic, and like look what I have done, look what I've grown, and. You were the exception to the rule. We came in during that Divas era and you have carved out your own space. And I would say you probably, you know, single-handedly have helped propel women's wrestling to where it is today, where we see wrestlers. Women's wrestling is way better than it was 10 years ago. I know. Thank you. And it's nice to be able to see the women grow and to see women, you know, like I remember I was like Eve Torres's first match and I was you know, Charlotte's first match in WWE. And uh, I was like on TV and I was, I was a lot of people's first matches. And I always remembered, like, I just always kept with me and I know I'm a broken record, but I always kept with me how special it was to get hired, how nervous I was, how much it meant to me, how I almost didn't get that chance and how I could help somebody, you know, even when Tegan Knox was, was debuting last summer, I was like, what can I do to help Tegan? Like, shine even though we only had like really short you know smackdown's challenging because it's a shorter show right than raw so you don't get and don't entirely get as much tv time as raw but i remember when shotzi and tegan were first debuting against me and tamina i was like what can we do to help tegan and shotzi shine i'm already established yeah i've already got hundreds and hundreds of wins what can i do in this short amount of time to make sure that tegan looks great or that shotzi looks like she you know she's a force to be reckoned with like because I, I needed that so much when I was first debuting. And like, right. I, I love being able to see other women, you know, get those moments as long as, like you said, as, as long as they pay it forward. Yes. And I was so impressed by uh, Lita's performance in Saudi Arabia. And Lita is somebody that's in her mid forties, which, you know, we look at, there's a ton of guys in WWE in their mid forties. Like yeah. a, a lot of our top stars are in their mid forties from Brock Lesnar to AJ Styles, you know, a lot of our best talents, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Um, so to me, like age, should, if you can go and you look good and you feel good and you can tell great stories and you can rock and roll, to me, age should never be a number. But watching yeah. Lita and, and Becky Lynch, I was like, wow, Lita really hasn't missed a beat. I felt like she performed better in Saudi Arabia than I remembered her. Like she was, not only has she not lost a beat, but she was better than she'd ever been. Yeah. And you, it really was inspiring to go, wow, like this is so amazing. And also, cause I was in Saudi Arabia to see the changes that we're making and the visibility that we're giving that country in yeah. such a huge way. Like we're really opening up doors that had never been opened before in Saudi Arabia. And, um, and just in that culture, it's cool to be a part of that change with yeah. them and to see women, Lita and, and Becky were uh, front and center of these massive billboards all across Riyadh and all across Jeddah and like everybody was just like you could see these women's faces when you know like we three years ago weren't allowed to go over there right yeah so it's so cool to to see these big changes being made and women really leading the charge yeah and last year we had the most Wrestlemania matches for women in the history of the company um so that's my goal this year that's like something I'm really inspired to be a part of is to make sure that since WrestleMania is across two nights, we're expecting yep. nearly 200,000 people. Wow. My goal is to make sure that every single woman is represented in some way, whether it's a pre-tape backstage, whether it's a match, whether it's them hosting the show or co-hosting the show. I think there's room for every single girl in WWE to be a part of the show and feel that inclusion. 
And I think that's such an important message when you've been working here all year long, especially through a global pandemic. I really want to see and make sure that, you know, it's not just celebrities coming in for, you know, not that I have the right. choice, I'm not WWE creative, but, you know, you want to see, yeah, it's great that we get guests that come back or legends that come back, but the girls that have been here all year long, putting yeah. in that time, I want to make sure that they're represented on the show because that is what continues to drive both divisions on Raw and SmackDown forward, where people the day after WrestleMania are so excited, they're so recharged, they just want to go out and work their hardest because they know if they work their ass off, they can again be a part of WrestleMania just like they were the night before. Right. So that's the goal. And hopefully we get to achieve that. So, you know, I, I can't help but hear like Natty, the wrestler that I've known my whole life or my whole wrestling life, basically, you sound like you are naturally just falling into this moonlighting of like management or agenting or do you see yourself kind of swinging in between roles or maybe setting into more of a creative role? I don't think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, what's funny is that I, I've been like, it's funny because like, there's a couple people that, you know, my husband, for example, yeah, um, he was always told, you know, you're going to be a producer one day because he just is very gifted. He's like a wrestling savant. Yes. I, and I'm so, so biased, but like, he's truly a, like a, a genius when it comes to like, how he sees a match and a vision. And he bases a lot of his wrestling psychology off of the NBA, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, like about how they play their games. It's really cool. Um, wow. And TJ is like, you know, this year at Survivor Series, he produced one third of the show. Last year at WrestleMania, he he did 52 hours of rehearsals and four women's matches and like had it all like in his head. Go TJ. He's so good at what he does. He's so like the girls, he's like their inspiration. But for me, for me, I don't, I don't see myself being a producer per se, but I'm also one of those types of people that you can never say never. I, I just right. don't like, I don't, I, I love helping people, but I also love being in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. I love speaking. I love, you know, I love hosting things. I love being on Total Divas, which, you know, I, 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 it was such a, that was so fun. And I'd still love to do something like that. Yeah. You know, do reality TV or like, I love yeah. my, you know, my sister and I do a fun YouTube show. Like I don't, I, I'm not the greatest at holding the candle for someone else okay. and then not being in front of the camera. Right. Cause I feel like I'm just not there yet in my, my career. Yeah. And I'm not really sure if I have the patience to be a producer. They are, they have the toughest jobs in the entire company. Yeah. You know, they, they, they don't always, our producers in WWE, they're so unsung. They don't always get the credit that they deserve. And you, you see somebody like Adam Pierce, he's, a GM on the show, but he yeah. also handles a lot of, you know, things backstage that nobody even sees. He trains people during the week. He works raw, he works SmackDown. You know, a lot of our producers are on the road six days a week. It's really, really challenging and really hard because they don't always get an action figure. They don't always yeah. get to be in a video game. They don't always get that spotlight. And they're the first ones in the building, the last ones to leave. If something goes wrong, sometimes, you know, they have to handle it. It's it's a lot. So I don't know if I'm I'm too selfish to be a producer. <laughs> no, I don't. You know what? I don't think that's selfish. I just think that's being in perfect alignment and being authentic to yourself. You know your yeah. strengths and you can still help people, but you don't need the title per yeah. se. And you know yeah. what? Keep going. You got gas in the tank, girl. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel I feel good. I feel I feel knock on wood. I feel ridiculously good, especially for the amount of matches that I've had. I've uh, yeah. had so many matches and so worked with so many different people, but like I've been really strategic about taking care of my body. And that's one of the things that I think has kept me going as long as I've I've been going in WWE is like mm -hmm. understanding when to push forward and knowing when to pull back. Right. Knowing 
like I'm religious about, you know, what I eat, what I put into my body, nutrition, but also vitamins and taking care of myself. I, you know, I, I learned a lot about like longevity when I, I started reading up on Tom Brady and how he, you know, was the best. At, he was at the top of his game, especially when he retired, because he was on the table a lot during the week doing recovery. Right. You know, he wasn't just good at what he did because he was just good at what he did. He also put a lot of time into his recovery, his maintenance. All of us, whether you're a professional athlete or not, you have to be constantly thinking about your maintenance. We only get this one body. This is our house for ourselves. And we need to make sure to, you know, give it the proper nutrition and love and respect that it needs, whether it's going to see a therapist, whether it's going to get a nice massage, surrounding yourself with people that you love, taking really good vitamins eating a really good dinner, you know, um, if whatever, whatever it may be. For those of you who've been following me on my spiritual journey, you've heard me talk about shopping at metaphysical stores. I have an insatiable hunger for crystals, tarot decks, books on the supernatural, and incense. Where do I frequently purchase these products? from none other than the Toronto staple metaphysical hub, Happy Soul. They also sell so much more than that and offer numerous online courses on, you guessed it, metaphysical practices. For my listeners not in the Toronto area, good news. They also have a huge selection of products on their online store. Check them out at happysoulonline.com. But even better, you get 20% off your entire order with discount code, one word, RealTaylorWild2022. And that's wild with an E. And you can use that code either online or in-store. Happy shopping. Speaking of the unsung heroes backstage, I want to give a little bit of light there. Who is your favorite backstage person? And I don't want you to have to like pick one, but who's like the the silliest dude or female backstage that you're just always so excited to see? Who's your favorite backstage hero? I would say maybe Kofi Kingston. Oh, Kofi! (laughs) Kofi, Kofi, you know, we started with Kofi. He was with us. He's been there for longer than I've been in WWE. And he's always just so positive. He's, he just gets it. He's so happy. He's funny. He just, he just cares about everyone. I've never seen Kofi, like I've never seen him lose his cool. I've never seen him in a bad mood. I've never seen him change in a way that's negative. Like, yeah, I know we all are supposed to change, like grow and evolve, but Kofi is like, he's one of those people that he's the same person that I met 15 years ago. And he's the same person today in the sense that he's just so genuine and truly just cares about everyone. And he's really funny. Like he's, he just knows how to like make a turn a bad situation into a great situation. He's like the, I think he's truly one of the anchors uh, of WWE as far as I'm concerned. No, well that warms my heart. He's one of ours. <laughs> we claim <laughs> yes. him. <laughs> yes. He's an FCW original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the chaos years. I know. Okay, well, it was so lovely that you made time for me today. I really, really appreciate it. I'm so glad we had a moment to catch up. Yeah, I'm Um, so glad too. Thank you so much for thinking of me. You were my first interview and, you know, we had, I think, just like 900 downloads after your first interview. And I just want to say we've had 45,000 
downloads 45,000 downloads so thank you for helping me build this women's wrestling podcast I really appreciate you and you're going to be the episode that closes out season three so I love you oh I love you too (laughs) and thank you so much for having me on and and let me know when it's on so I can promote it oh that would be really wonderful I appreciate it give TJ a squeeze for me I will and have a great afternoon you too bye Guys, I can't even really wrap that episode up. I mean, it was full circle. I started this podcast with Natty. I'm wrapping up season three where we have imploded with listeners and downloads. And we have a full-blown YouTube channel that's thriving in its own regard. And I just can't thank all of you enough for following me along this journey. It's been so healing and I've always wanted to write my story but I, I couldn't even tell you where I would want to begin but I am starting to begin because you guys have given me direction you've given me hope that I have listeners that want to read my memoirs want to know where Taylor Wilde came from what she's been through how did she get where she is 10 years in retirement Then she got a podcast. Then she was on Impact TV. Then she was gone. She's still running her podcast. Then she gets a YouTube channel. I promise. I'm putting pen to paper or fingers to the keys. And I'm writing my story. But that was a really, really exciting third season. And you came along with me on this spiritual journey. I hope all of you feel a little bit lighter and maybe have learned something or found little bits of spirituality that speak to you and have helped you heal you on your journey. But I could not and I would not want to do this podcast without my badass punk rock girl band, The Wild On Team, my queen, my right-hand woman, producer and editor, Rochelle Duras, my marketing specialist, Madison Golshani, my branding internet genius, Nastasia Beverly Hills, and our homeboy from Superkick Studios in Toronto, our sound engineer, Matteo Sessa. Thank you guys. I love you. And until season four, stay calm and wild eyes.